All right, welcome to Sports with a Cuppa. I'm Jonathan. Cheers. All right, so let's start in the NFL. We're three weeks in a game into the season now. And this past weekend was really good. Uh, every game was close except for Philadelphia, Washington, and Jacksonville uh, Chargers. How about Jacksonville? They just smacked the Chargers 38-10. to Granted, Herbert's playing hurt, but Jacksonville, 2-1, and one, top of their division. Just saying. Who knows what kind of run they're going to make, but, you know, the Colts, you know, we're going to talk about the Colts here in a second, but Titans aren't looking great. Houston's Houston. So it's really can, who can... It, keep it together the longest can the Colts make a run now that they finally got that win a huge upset victory over Kansas City who knows but I I believe in Trevor Lawrence I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a really good quarterback so I, I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt similar to what people were doing for the Giants up until Monday <laughs> Let's, let's talk about Monday night. Um, I Going into it, I thought it was a really big game for New York. Undefeated, 2-0. Undefeated. And it's a game that they were supposed to win. You know, uh, you know Cowboys are coming in. Offense isn't great. Backup quarterback. You know, you should win that game. And there were times when they looked really good. Saquon broke off a big run for a touchdown. Uh, it seemed like every time Daniel Jones decided to run, he got a first down. He had like seven first down runs. Ridiculous. But their O-line didn't play very well. Demarcus Lawrence got to him three times. And the Cowboys defense really just, they came up big when they needed to. So that was... That was good for them. And offensively, the run game is looking decent. You know, Zeke hasn't had really any major negative plays. I think he only had maybe like one or two. But he he's running well. Pollard's running well, which is a surprise because I really didn't think the offensive line was going to be good enough for the run game this year. And then Cooper Rush is, you know, he's making some throws. Nothing. He's not... Lighting the world on fire, but he's making some throws. Should have had two touchdown throws to CD, but for whatever reason, CD decided to drop one. You know, he's still finding Noah Brown, starting to get the other tight ends involved with Schultz being hurt. So now everyone's wondering, oh, well, is there what do you do going forward when Dak is ready to go? First of all, Dak is going to play. He's getting paid tens of millions of dollars as the franchise quarterback. He's not going to be supplanted by Cooper Rush. So just get that out of the way. The real question is, how long do you ride with Rush if he's winning? For me, you give Rush the Washington game. You don't bring back Dak right now. It looks like he's going to have Gallup back, which will be good. 
The question is, how does Cooper win the game? And I mean, we're, we're looking past Washington a bit because, in all honesty, they looked horrible against Philly. He's Carson Wentz has been sacked 14 times in two weeks. You're really going to tell me that Cowboy front, defensive front, isn't going to eat him alive? Like, good luck with that. So we know there's a high likelihood that the Cowboys defense is going to keep the score very low for Washington. So now is what plays will Cooper Rush make to win that game? If Cooper Rush wants to start against the Rams, he's going to need to throw upwards of 275 to 300 yards and put up at least two touchdowns, in my opinion. The kind of performance he needs to have is going to have to be very efficient, and he's going to have to put the ball in the end zone. If he has another kind of ho-hum game, or it, it's... He can't do just enough to win that game. Washington is not very good. So he can't, you know, he went 21 for 31 for 215 and a touchdown against the Giants. That's pretty good. But that's, you know, the Giants aren't as good as we thought they were. It's also going to come down to how conservative conservative. Does Kellen Moore call the game? You know, for the first time this season, the Cowboys are favored to win. So do they get a little conservative trying not to make big mistakes? Because that's how Washington's going to stay in this game. They're going to need the Cowboys to make mistakes. So obviously they're going to try to limit those mistakes. But you got to let Cooper throw. Especially if Gallup comes back, you need to see if you can get the deep ball going. Because if the Cowboys can get the deep ball going with the way their run game has been, this offense might actually unlock itself. But for, for Rush to continue as the starter, he doesn't need to just win the game. He needs to look really, really good. But even then... I question when they should bring Dak back. Do you really want to bring him back against that Rams defensive line? Aaron Donald is going to destroy him if that line doesn't hold up. And even if he doesn't sack him a bunch of times, Dak's going to need to make accurate throws. Jalen Ramsey is lurking back there. And he will make the play. Like, there is no question. Jalen Ramsey will make the play if you don't put a good, accurate throw on target. So, do you throw Dak out there? Or do you at least let Rush start, see how he goes? You know, or just give him the game, and if you, you win, amazing. If you lose, oh well, you weren't really supposed to win that game anyway. And then bring Dak back for Philly. A little bit more meaningful game, division opponent. Yeah, you know, trying to keep pace. I mean, really, you're just trying to keep pace for the wild card at this point. Philly looks really, really good. 
So I'm, there's questions, but it's not that um, overblown story of quarterback controversy, who's going to start, this and that. Like Cooper Rush just, he's playing well. He's doing what the back of a quarterback is supposed to do. He's supposed to be able to come in and stead, keep the ship afloat. And he's doing his job. But there's no it factor. There's nothing. He's not doing anything really special. You know, when like Romo took over for Bledsoe all them years ago, um, you saw special plays. Like when he would scramble and make a play, it was like, whoa, this guy needs to be our starting quarterback. You're not getting that with Rush. You're getting good football. But you're not getting, like, wow, why isn't this? How, why is, hasn't he been the starter from day one? So we'll see how they do against Washington. How he does against Washington. Uh, we'll talk about Miami in a second. Uh, the other big matchup was uh, Packers Bucks, Rodgers versus Brady. And I got to tell you, both teams have pretty good defenses. But really, the quarterbacks just aren't playing that great right now. You know, Tampa Bay has not looked impressive one time this year. They struggled against the Cowboys. They struggled against the Saints. They struggled against the Packers. And they lost. <laughs> you know, if Dak had played, hadn't gotten hurt and played better, Cowboys had a shot to win that game. The Saints had shots to win their, in that game. I don't know if Brady just had... And they were down Mike Evans. So there is a little excuse there. But I'm not going to give them a big... Like, I'm not going to give them a pass. They had opportunities. They didn't capitalize. But just not, not impressed with either of those teams. Not really. I mean, 14-12? to 12? I mean, I get it. Tampa Bay has a good defense and so does... So do the Packers, but I mean, we're talking about two Hall of Fame quarterbacks here that really didn't make a lot of plays. <laughs> so, not real impressed with either of those teams. Still impressed with, with the Jags. Uh, you know, Ravens beat the Patriots in a, in a good game. Unfortunate for Mac Jones going down with the ankle injury that he's going to miss a game or two. Well, Lamar Jackson's taking care of business, which I'm happy for. I'm rooting for Lamar Jackson this year because he's betting on himself. You know, contract year, could have taken the deal from Baltimore, huge money, but he believes he's worth max dollars, whatever that is, fully guaranteed, and he's going to go out and prove it, and that's great. Good for him, and I really hope he does it. But the biggest story is... Miami and Tua. Yeah, he goes down. Now, they're saying that it was a back injury against the Bills. When did he ever grab his back? Like, when did he ever show that it's his back that has bothered him? When he goes down, he reaches for his head. When he gets up and stumbles, he reaches for his head. And you see him visibly, you clearly see him shaking his head. You don't shake your head when your back hurts, in my opinion. I'm not a doctor. 
I have seen every episode of MASH, so I could probably do sur- surgery if I needed to, but you know, I'm not licensed. Um, <laughs> but it, it was pretty clear and obvious it was a head injury. Now, what happened back in the locker room with the protocols and all that? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, they are being investigated for it, so I'm be interesting to see if they find anything. But he did come back. He looked okay, played, and won the game, which was a huge win, by the way, against Buffalo. That's huge. But then you have a quick turnaround for Thursday Night Football against the Bengals. And then neither team really started out good. Cincinnati did look better. Burrow was throwing the ball very well, you know, going deep to Higgins. Cincinnati did look better. But the hit on Tua was not dirty. But it was weird. You know, we see quarterbacks get sacked on a weekly basis, but that tackle, it's almost like he got stuck, got spring-loaded, and then was shot into the ground. And it was a violent impact. When you watch that in real time, most of the highlights you see are slow motion because they focus on how his hands like seized up. But when you watch it real time, you see how violently he got driven into the ground. And it was scary. I mean, I was, I, I when it's a game that I, it's not one of my teams, I'll do something else. I'm usually playing video games while I'm watching the game. When that happened, I stopped. I paused my game and I stopped on the ground for 10 minutes that's that's scary stuff and the just seeing his hands that scary stuff but he's okay gonna be in the protocols so hopefully hopefully he gets an mri on his head just make sure that he's okay you know in the, the age of ct ct man just make sure you're 100 like tyree kill was emotional about it he said the right things like man this is our part-time job you got he's got a family he needs to be okay to enjoy his family and he's he's 100 right on that but he's also having a really good year after having some down years so i hope he's able to come back and play well get my i'm a old school miami dolphins fan from back in the day dan marino so i'd like to see miami do well but yeah week three was definitely competitive interesting Sunday night game was horrible. Eleven? How are you gonna have a game eleven to ten? I see more offense in pickleball. What the hell is going on? I had the game on. I'm watching, and it seemed like every time I, I would look away, look back, someone was fumbling. Like what the hell is going on? The NFL really needs to like, really needs to look at that schedule at prime time. You know, thankfully we had the free trial of. Or the free preview weekend of NFL Red Zone. So I got to see action from a lot of games. Well, all of them, really. Because, again, local broadcast, I'm going to have the Texans game on. The Texans game was good. It was competitive. But I just don't care. <laughs> I really don't. I should have been watching Miami Buffalo. But I digress. So moving on to to week four, well, the rest of week four, if you will. Now that Cincinnati has a win under the belt, 
seem to be riding the ship a little bit. But again, Miami didn't look great. And then Tua exits the game, deflated everything. So, a uh, grain of salt. Just a, a grain of salt with that win. You know, you got division battles everywhere. Cowboys, Washington. I, I have a hard time calling them the commanders. I think that's a really... Uh, I think my buddy Anthony said best that that's a really basic, like, arena football league team name. So, they, they should probably consider changing their name again. Um... You know, Vikings Saints are going to be early in the morning in London. Uh, Bills Ravens, it's a game that jumps out to me. Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson, that should be a fun matchup. I probably won't get to see it because I bet you anything the Texans play at the same time. Yes, they do. So I'm going to have to purchase NFL Red Zone now. Thank you, CBS. Uh, you know, I mean, good games here and there. Patriots-Packers would have been good if Mac Jones wasn't hurt. Chiefs-Bucks Super Bowl rematch from a couple years ago. That should be good. Sunday night. I don't... I think Mahomes is going to tear him apart, though. Yo, we didn't... We didn't touch on that enough. The Colts upset over Kansas City. Colts' defense is really good. (laughs) They played really well. And Matt Ryan, who I, I... I didn't purposely throw shade at him i just i'm not a big believer in matt ryan at this point in his career but he made the throws and made the plays to win the game kudos but the story coming out of there was the little argument between mahomes and his oc now first off i'm not a fan of players arguing with coaches on the sidelines save it for the locker room but in this instance, I'm 100% on Mahomes' side. There was plenty of time on the clock. And they ran conservative plays to get to halftime. They usually just ran out the clock. And Mahomes was pissed about it. Rightfully so. I mean, we all remember what he did against Buffalo in the playoffs. He doesn't need any time. He literally doesn't need any time on the clock to get the ball down the field. And it's almost like the off the OC was playing the situation more than letting his guy do his thing. And then, you know, if you call him out on that, as I get bleacher report notification. You know, he's gonna you know, when you question anybody's decision making, they're gonna get defensive and then there's gonna be a little argument. Because you both believe you're right. In this case, Mahomes is 100% right. The OC is not right. Now, granted, afterwards, after the game, Mahomes said all the right things in the press conference. He's a good soldier. Kudos. But you were right. And the OC just... He he, he screwed up. He forgot who his quarterback is. He probably shouldn't be calling the plays anymore. Mahomes should probably just call the plays at this point. I mean, he's at the top of his craft and you told him to run the ball (laughs) I mean and what's funny is even if the OC was really playing the situation more than anything he didn't even have a better grasp on the situation than Mahomes and Mahomes understood it's a frustrating game points are a premium 
let me get us down there and at least get us in a field goal, get us some points. So Mahomes not only knows knew better what he was capable of, but he understood the necess the the situation, the urgency to get points. So, but I'm sure they all hugged it out and everything's fine now. Back to week four that I was talking about and some of the matchups. A couple of good ones, like I said. But the one that jumps out to me that's going to be, that could be a really sneaky good game is Jags-Eagles. Battle of two good young quarterbacks on the come up. Hurts is playing near MVP level. Depending on how you feel about Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. And then you got the Jags coming in 2-1. and one. I think that this could be a real shootout. This really could end up being a really good game. We'll see. It's it's kind of shades of Giants-Cowboys. Let's see. We know the Eagles are for real. Let's see if the Jaguars are for real now. Let's see how far Lawrence has come because, like we've seen, Eagles defense is really good and for real. So hopefully we'll get another. I mean, we've had a couple of really good weeks of football, for real competitive stuff. Hopefully we'll get more of it. So let's switch gears. Aaron Judge hit sixty-one. Okay, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not all crazy about it because I'm not a huge Aaron Judge fan. I respect his game, and what he did is amazing. I mean, he hit 61, and it's literally been 61 years since anyone's done that in the American League. And it was done by a Yankee. So that that made the story, that romanticized the story more, that it was a Yankee. Uh, and it was great that Roger Maris' family was around for that. But I'm just, you know, it... it it was cool that it happened, but I mean, I'm just not overly excited about it. I'm not, I'm not a Yankee fan at all, but it is impressive. I mean, you, when you really think about it, you get about you know six months to do all of this, and he, and it takes incredible consistency to hit 16 home runs. I mean, we get impressed when someone hits 40, and this guy went to over 60, and he's probably gonna get 62 or 63, maybe. But just to hit 61 and tie that milestone, it, it is an impressive feat. Kudos to him. But that has started an interesting conversation of, well, who can who else can do it? And the, you know, th- three names kind of jump out at me, at least in the American League side. Uh, Vlad Jr., Jordan Alvarez, and Otani. Otani has the power to do that. But think about how ridiculously good you have to have, your season has to be to get to 60. And Otani pulls double duty. It doesn't take a bats away, but you know it would be a legendary. I mean, it's not just a historic season. I mean, it's like Babe Ruth legendary season if Otani 
hits 61 and wins 10, 15 games as a starting pitcher with, you know, a two-run ERA. That would be insane. Now, I'll tell you another thing about Judge Haynes 61. He is definitely getting paid a lot of money next year. We'll see if the Yankees are willing to do that and can afford to do that. Good coffee. Um, but I think, you know, a guy like Jordan Alvarez, It would I would have more faith in Alvarez if he was a right-handed hitter with the Crawford boxes there. That would give him a lot of opportunities. I mean, he has oppo field power, but you can't tell him to be looking to go oppo every game, every at-bat. That's weird. I mean, my guy Bregman, he has the discipline to do that, but, man, he you have to get off to a really good start, and he, he, he tends to find lulls in the season. Vlad Jr. has the power to do it, but I don't know how hitter-friendly Toronto is. So there's definitely a few guys out there that have the capability. They have the power. It's just can they put that kind of season together? Because not only do you have to have a really good, consistent season, but then you got to deal with all of the questions like, oh man, what are you, are you trying to break the record? You know, I mean, we've all seen 61. You you know what the media is going to do if you show signs of being on pace for that number. And then another interesting question about Judge Hain 61. Is he, who's the home run king? Do we acknowledge Bonds? Do we acknowledge McGuire? You know, they did their job in the steroid era. Just shrouded in that controversy but I mean come on I mean who didn't love watching him and Sammy go at it and then I even watched Bonds I mean I wasn't a huge fan of Bonds but yeah I watched him I watched those games I watched him break that record it was insane 70 something home runs like 73 home runs that's ridiculous And then at this point, it's been so long that I, I kind of just don't care about the steroid stuff anymore. Like, I'd be willing to acknowledge Bonds as the home run king. I just don't care anymore. In the moment, yeah. But now it's just been so long. Like, Pete Rose, I just don't care about the gambling thing anymore. Especially, <clears throat> I'm getting well off topic, but think about this. Pete Rose banished from baseball for betting on the games. Okay, yeah, that, that was bad. But look at who the main sponsors are for so many teams and sports networks. DraftKings and all this. Like, betting on games is the thing now. It's probably time to say, you know what? Pete, all's forgiven. Go in the Hall of Fame. I think it's time. But that's another debate for another show. Uh, gonna wrap up real quick. Formula One's in Singapore. I got up at five o'clock this morning to watch practice. Really interesting to see the Singapore track in the daylight 
you know, in the video game, you only really see it at night. I hate that track in the video game, and you know what? It, it lives up to it in real life, man. It looks like such a complicated track. The heat, uh, Pierre Gasly's car literally caught on fire in the pit. Wasn't even on the track, he was in the pit, <laughs> caught fire. And there's also some interesting issue with, uh, uh, I think they have like an underground subway system that has a magnetic field that messes with the cars or something like that. I gotta look more into it. But that's weird. Like, this is going to be an interesting race qualifying in the morning. This is going to be interesting. Mercedes looks good. Ferrari looks good. Max looks good. So it should be a fun race. But, yeah, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Appreciate you listening. Follow the show on Twitter. SWAC Official Podcast. SWAC. And we'll 